What's going on, everyone? Hunter Doyle from Philly Insider Podcast here with Nate Rossi today. We're here doing an Eagles-Cardinals preview. Sanjay George will be here as well, but he's just going to be a little bit late, but he will be on here for most of the podcast as well. Um, so, Nate, why don't you just tell us how you're doing, man? Pretty good. Um, I am on the Hertz train right now. Uh, I won't make any comments for next season because I think it's too early to do that. But for the rest of this season, I'm on the Hertz train, and I want to see the birds get some wins. 100%. I'm, I'm right with you on that one. I'm really excited to see this game. You know, it, in my opinion, it'll probably be a tougher matchup. But if this kid rises to the occasion again, I mean, it would just be – that would be an exciting feeling just if he could just put the city on his back like that. But, yeah, like you said, it is early. So try not to get too excited yet. But I am uh, – I'm looking forward to seeing him play. So just just this game in general coming up, what, what's kind of your take on this game? How do you feel going into this one, man? Yeah, it's just not going to be – I mean, I don't think we can call it last week easy, um, but it's it's not going to be as easy as last week. I mean, uh, the Saints coming into that game, they had one quarter of football uh, as far as film goes to look at in order to prepare for, for Jalen Hurts. The Cardinals yeah. have five, um, and the Cardinals are desperate. They are fighting for their playoff lives right now. It's not like they have nothing to play for. This is going to be a harder game for Jalen Hurts. He's not going to be able to run for 100 yards. He's not going to be a 100-yard rusher in this game. Uh, you know, that's that's a rare thing. That's a Lamar Jackson type thing. And even Lamar doesn't do that, you know, every game. But that's for sure. So it's going to be harder for him to run this game. Um, so he's going to have to show us um, how good he is as a passer. That's It's it's going to be his passing ability that's going to have to get it done in this one. Um, so it's going to be a tougher game. Um, but I feel good. I think the Eagles have a solid chance at winning this. I don't think the Cardinals are, are that great of a team. I think they're an average team. Um, so I think the Eagles definitely have a shot. Yeah, I agree. You know, like you said, the, they're not going to be able to, you know, the um, the Cardinals, they're going to have more of a game plan for him than the Saints did. I mean, we had we saw Cam Jordan running out after Jalen Hurts at the time last week. So we're not really going to – and the Cam, Cam Jordan's athletic. No, that's no, uh, like, slight on him. But, you know, this thing, the Cardinals are a team that likes to put a lot of DBs at the line. So they're definitely going to have – they're going to be more prepared to handle this. And obviously they play Russell Wilson twice a year. So it's like – they know they know what they're doing with this. So um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Like you said, though, I think we have a fighting chance. And for whatever reason, whenever the secondary is so depleted like it is right now, um, the Eagles tend to play out, play at a different level. I don't I can't answer why that that is, but um, that's just what tends to happen. So yeah, I want to ask you before we get into the preview because we've been talking about this in the group chat um, on Philly Insider as well because <laughs> um, I was putting stuff in there today about you know. Colt McCoy is obviously starting Sunday night and um, right before our game at one o'clock, we're going to see Dwayne Haskins versus the Seahawks, which I, I think both you and me would maybe not Ian, but would definitely have uh, not really, uh, not really a great matchup for, for the football team. So who do you, do you think the Eagles can come out with the East? And if not, who do you think is going to take it? Well, I mean, honestly, I see the Eagles having a better, ch a better chance right now than they did yesterday. Uh, especially with the quarterback news coming out of the injury report. Um, I mean, both Washington and New York are, are kind of in poor quarterback situations in that they've got both of their starters banged up right now. Um, I don't know. I, I personally think it'll, it'll still be either New York or Washington that surprises us. But right now, it's anybody's division. Uh, that's the truth. The Eagles, the difficult thing for them is they got to win out. Um, and, you know, that's not, that's not going to be an easy test. And they're not a very consistent football team. Uh, quarterback aside, I mean, you pretty much saw the best effort out of uh, the every single unit on that team uh, last week against the Saints. That's going to be hard for them to replicate because, I, I mean, the MO of teams that are just not that good is inconsistency. And that's what we've seen all year from the Eagles. We've seen flashes, but it's been inconsistent. Um, so I would still, if I was a betting man, I'd still place my money on Washington or New York. Um, but, I mean, even that's a crapshoot because of the quarterback situation right now. Um, I would prefer at this point uh, Colt McCoy over uh, Dwayne Haskins just because I, I don't think that Haskins is a quarterback who can get it done in this league, um, at least as a starter. Um, you know, I think he's a bench guy. So uh, Colt McCoy, obviously same thing, but he's actually been playing pretty well. And the Giants defense has been helping them out a lot. Um, so I don't expect Washington to win. I don't expect New York to win this week either for that matter. Um, but 
I don't know. It's just too tall of an order for the Eagles, in my opinion. They'd have to win out, and a couple things would have to fall their way uh, in addition. But we'll see. You never know. Uh, the Eagles have been at this point a couple times where their back is up against the wall. They're in a must-win situation. they got to win out, or they need to win you know, four or five. Um, so maybe they do it. Jalen Hurts did provide a spark for this team, but we'll see if that, that spark can turn into a, a whole flame and maybe a fire here. Um, but, you know, it's it's an uphill climb for sure for the Birds. Yeah, like you said, it's not going to be easy. I think I think this week is going to be one of the biggest hurdles for the Eagles. I, you know, I, like I said in the chat, I think I, I think I agree with you. Like Washington, absolutely no way they win. If they if they beat Seattle with Dwayne Haskins, they can have the division, right? Um, and then you know, New York, I would be very surprised if they won. Especially Jason Garrett got COVID. Now he's not obviously he's not a great play caller in general. I mean, we've seen that this year with the Giants. You can blame that personnel too, but. Um, Freddie Kitchens is also, and that's kind of a major downgrade. We saw him last year with the Browns. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I think that alone, you know, definitely gives the Eagles a shot at this thing. Um, but the thing is, like you were mentioning, you know, teams are going to get more film on Hurts. By the, even if we get to that win and end game in week 17, Washington's going to have a game plan for him. And that front is going to have, have probably try to contain him in the pocket and just eat him alive. Um, so, you know, even if we got to that point, it would be tough with Washington's front to, to kind of take over that game and win the division. But at the same time, we would have that momentum. The Eagles have had magic happen the past few years. So it's any given Sunday, any any week, anything can happen. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, I would still put my money on Washington as well. But the Eagles are really starting to, I mean, just it's only one win. But <laughs> that win really did put them back into the, the, the race for this NFC East. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. Obviously, as Eagles fans, we we would be ecstatic if they could get it done um, this upcoming week and and beyond as well. I mean, if they made the even if they made the playoffs and lost one, I I would still just be it would just be an exciting thing to go through uh, um, to go through playoffs for a bit. And you know, teams with losing losing records in recent years actually have like a good history in terms of winning at least one playoff games, which is really weird to think about. But maybe the Eagles could get it done in, in one game. So. With that said, I want to move on to the injury report because there's a lot of important updates today. So let's get on with that. The Eagles had a couple um, a couple different injuries this week that we uh, we went through. So um, everyone else who's not listed is going to play. So um, Graylin Arnold is questionable. That's kind of important given our safety situation right now with obviously McLeod is out for the year and we're very young in that position. Um, Malik Jackson is questionable, but he practiced in full and he moved through the concussion protocol pretty well from what I've heard. Driscoll, Driscoll and Maddox are done for the year. They're on season ending IR. So we'll probably see a couple guys promoted from the practice squad in their place um, either today or tomorrow. And then Slay has progressed nicely. There's optimism that he will play, but he is in concussion protocol. So there's, you know, a bunch of regulations with that stuff. Um, Rudy Ford will be back. That'll obviously be important for field position. TJ Edwards will be back, which will be big for... Um, a struggling linebacker core. And other than that, I don't think there's any significant injuries that um, we were. Oh, Michael Jacquet, he, well, he's another, with how depleted our secondary is, he's going to have to start with along with Kevin Seymour on Sunday. Going on to the Cardinals, they have not released their uh, their uh, Friday injury report yet. I've heard Chase Edmonds, I heard he practiced today, and it's looking like there's a good chance he's going to play. Earlier today, it was, you know, before he practiced today, it was kind of looking unlikely. Um, Dre Kirkpatrick is a little shaken up. He should probably play, though. Hopkins is not injury-related. He'll play. Same with Larry Fitz. Um, and Jordan Phillips, he's a good defensive end from what I've heard. He is probably not going to play. Jalen Thompson, their safety, he will not play. That's a big loss for them as well. If Chase Edmonds cannot go, it's important down here, Jonathan Ward is their third running back. He has also been limited this week. So if he cannot go, they will turn to uh, Eno Benjamin, who has been a healthy scratch every single game this year. So that's not exactly what you want to hear as a uh, as a Cardinals fan, but um, he should be able to go. So that's just a quick injury report for you guys going into this one, and let's just get into the right into the matchup. Obviously, we'll, we'll start with the Cardinals' offense. Kyler Murray is a big part of that offense for sure. You know, he's going to be one of the big headlines. It's going to be him versus Hertz. That's the big thing. Both Oklahoma QBs, which is really fascinating um, that they're both playing against each other. And yeah, I mean, Kyler definitely, you know, he's had his ups and downs. I think, you know, he's in year two. I think people forget, you know, they don't really put it in perspective. He is in year two. Um, so you got to give him credit for what he has done this year. 
but yeah, definitely has, has not been, it's not been amazing these past, I would say the past couple weeks, the Cardinals in general have really started slouching. Um, and the Eagles have been able to contain guys like Taysom Hill in the pocket. They've done it. I mean, the past three matchups with Russell Wilson, they've really done a good job just limiting his impact with his legs, I would say, because they've held them to they held them to 17 points twice, and they held them to um, 23 the last time, um, despite Carson Wentz that offense not moving at all. So I, I think given that, that gives me a little bit of hope, but Kyler is also a guy who can – they run a lot of QB draw up the middle. He'll get a lot of yards. Um, you know, he doesn't always have to just be rolling out. It'll just be kind of him taking yards as well, extending the play. So I do worry a, bit, a little bit about that, but um, – the run run scheme, we'll get into that later, but it's kind of been all. But I'm interested to hear what, what do you think this Eagles defense can do against Kyler Murray this game? Yeah, well, I think you can expect uh, a heavy dose of run option against the Eagles. I mean, it's just been successful against them in so many different instances. Uh, Daniel Jones, you know, he's killed, he killed the Eagles twice with that run option play, uh, especially up the middle. Uh, Lamar Jackson up the middle for a touchdown as well. So uh, you can probably expect to see um, a lot of that. And so that means that you're going to have to get a big game from the Eagles defensive line, you know, in, especially with a lot of those plays, those run options and those running quarterbacks that the Eagles have seen. Uh, their defensive ends are not doing a very good job at, at sticking to their assignments. Um, they're, they're, you know, either venturing inside um, when they shouldn't be, or, you know, you have Eagles, uh, Eagles um, defensive tackles are being knocked off the ball. And uh, you have Lamar Jackson going up the middle for a long touchdown. So the Eagles defensive line is going to be key this week. Um, and if the Eagles are going to have success, you're going to look at a, a similar week as last week. Uh, I mean, the Eagles really did a great job against Taysom Hill. And a, a big part of that reason is because that defensive line was incredibly, incredibly disruptive. Um, Josh Sweat made some some huge plays when he was called upon. You're going to need more of that from the Eagles' defensive line, uh, especially with a secondary that's not exactly holding up. Um, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like Darius Slay is progressing nicely, and he has a good chance of playing. Um, he's logged two limited practices, even though he's under concussion protocol, and that would suggest that he's actually on track to play. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. But again, the Eagles are, are very thin in the secondary. You have Ronnie McLeod gone now. Um, and especially with a quarterback like, like Kyler, um, your safety play is important. And right now, what the Eagles are looking at is essentially two safeties who are box safeties in Kayvon Wallace and, and Jalen Mills. Um, and so that obviously doesn't bode well uh, in the passing game because you don't have a guy um, who is, is used to, to being, you know, being in that Rodney McLeod role. Uh, it's a very different, you know, two very different players. I think if you can look at uh, Eagles fans, um, two typical players to to look at the difference between the you know two safety roles are are Rodney McLeod and, and Malcolm Jenkins. Those are two very different roles, um, and essentially you have uh, two safeties who play that that Malcolm Jenkins box safety role, and uh, so that could be difficult uh, in the passing game for the Eagles. And you know, just circling back to to my key for them for the defense is. The only thing that's going to remedy that is the defensive line getting pressure, uh, creating turnovers. So that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, and, and you said it. We're probably going to have to start Marcus Epps in that Rodney McLeod role, which everyone knows is probably uh, is just a death wish at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Kayvon and, Kayvon and Jalen will probably have a big role in this game just because, obviously, you know, the Cardinals are spread offense. They go four wide receivers the most. I believe it's like 21% they're in 10 personnel. So the most out of any team in the NFL. So they're going to spread us out. They're going to try to beat us with their speed. That's just the nature of the spread offense that Kingsbury runs. So you're probably going to have a lot of defensive backs on the field. So someone's going to have to, to spy Kyler at least some of the time. Um, Cause like you said, like that defensive line um, and just the defense in general has not, has just not been good containing the edge. Um, at, well, this year, especially, but in years past too. So that's going to be key. You know, Josh Sweat, like you said, with uh, with Daniel Jones, Josh Sweat was biting on – he bit on that first read option. It's like we played them a couple weeks ago. Like why is this not a rule that's been implemented in practice? Just contain the edge on it, you know, watch out for them. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really important to just keep Kyler in the pocket as much as possible because um, they do they do run a lot of read option, like you said. It's a lot of zone read. It's a lot of, you know, inside zone runs. And off of that, you know, you just have your QB draw. It's a very vanilla run scheme in general. 
but it works because you have Kyler Murray at QB and he's a threat to run it just about every time. So yeah, it, it, it's going to be important. They're going to have to Eagles again. They're going to have to load up with defensive backs. They might even have to just blitz from the outside and just try to just try to keep him in the pocket. Maybe just roll him out towards the sidelines and have a guy containing the edge as much as possible and not let him get to that edge. Um, I don't know. Jim Schwartz is going to have to really dial up some d- disguise this week and disguise some blitzes and, and stuff like that. Because last week, I mean, defensive line did really well, but it was a lot of just four-man rush. There wasn't really any stunts. I don't think they're going to stunt a lot. I think they'll probably stunt probably on the interior if they do it all, because you don't want to you don't want a defensive end going inside and then have a defensive tackle chasing Kyler outside, right? But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be important for them to just just make sure to keep the pressure on and, and keep him guessing this whole game because he is he is still a second year quarterback. Um, and if we force him to kind of make some bad decisions throwing the ball, maybe we, there can be some success there um, moving forward. So I, I think that would be a big part of the game. And it's again, I'm, I'm excited to watch Kyler. I think he's a very dynamic player. I know Ian doesn't like him, but <laughs> I I personally enjoy watching him play. He's a uh, he's a very talented guy. So we already talked about this a little bit with the run game, but um, Chase Edmonds is probably going to play, and they like to use him and Kenyon Drake a lot. Um, it's kind of been up and down for the run game this year, and with how their defense spreads us out, I'm interested to see how that run game will really kind of pan out because we kind of like to make sure our linebackers on the box. I don't know how much our linebackers are going to play just because of, you know, having those wide receivers on the field in this one. But um, what do you th- what do you think about this Cardinals run game? Do you think they're going to be able to to kind of run all over our, our defense, or what do you think Jim Schwartz is going to try to do to combat it? Yeah, I mean, look, early in the year, especially. You know, the Eagles have struggled against the run. A lot of that is because of of young linebackers who are having just difficulty getting to their gaps at, and filling their run gaps when they need to. Um, I, I mean, against quarterback runs, against, you know, running backs. So it, it's been difficult. It's been it's been tough going. But um, look, the Eagles did a great job last week. And if they can use last week as a template. Um, against similar quarterbacks. I, I mean, I would say Kyler Murray is a little bit more talented of a passer. Uh, I think overall just a better quarterback. Um, but if they can use a similar template and try to shut down Murray, I, I think that's the way to go. They they played really well against Alvin Kamara last week um, and that, that, dual, that dual run threat with Kamara and Taysom Hill. And, um, you know, I would say obviously Kenyon Drake and, and you know, Chase Edmonds and, um, whoever it's going to be considering there's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit up in the air with the injury report. Um, look, I think those guys are, are not as good as Alvin Kamara, obviously. So uh, it's, I don't want to say it's going to be a more difficult game um, from the defensive standpoint, but you know, the Eagles are going to have to do it last week. They're really going to have to stick to that same template. Uh, linebackers are going to have to fill their gaps uh, you know, defensive end, they're going to have to stick to their assignments. And, um, you know, Javon Hargrave, who's starting to come on late in the season, he's going to have to play yeah. well, especially considering, uh, you know, Malik Jackson might be out. Uh, you know, Fletcher Cox is going to have to play well. It's going to have to be an all-around effort, especially with uh, the fact that the Eagles are probably going to struggle a little bit more in the passing than they usually do. At that point, things start to open up, and, and you know, things can get messy trying to stop the run. So the Eagles are just going to have to use last week as a template and go from there. Yeah, well, Sanjay just joined in. Welcome, Sanjay. So I'm going to throw you right into, into the fire, man. Uh, what do you think about this Cardinals run game? And, and Nate, Nate was just talking about how we can kind of use last week as a template with, you know, a mobile quarterback um, and how, you know, obviously Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are talented, but they're not Alvin Kamara. And we were able to kind of, um, you know, bottle him up a little bit. So what do you think about, you know, obviously Kyler's a big part of the run game too. What do you think about it? I'll say this. For me, obviously, I have Kyler on my fantasy team, so I watch a good bit of the Cardinals games. And I'll (laughs) say this, because I also have Chase Edmonds on my fantasy team, actually. Chase is a very streaky back, so I'm a lot less worried about him. They bring him in more as change of pace. He's very pass-catching out of the backfield. Occasionally, they'll give him a pitch to the outside or something, see if he can make that work. But by far, not a very bell cow back, more just like a second punch. And no offense to Drake, but he's kind of had a very even down year for him. He's usually a streaky running back, but this year especially, he's had big ups and he's had very low downs. So you don't know which Drake you're getting from game to game, but lately he's been trending more downward. I can't even, it's been a good bit since he popped off for a good solid game. So Kenyon Drake 
and Chase Edmonds together as a whole, I'm not overly worried about. I do think our linebackers in general are getting a lot better at honing on the run. I think, Rossi, you were right about that. They're definitely, you're starting to see them get more disciplined about which gaps they stay in, where to commit, when to not bite on the fake. Like, just overall, they're getting more of a feel for it. So this Cardinals run game isn't really my big worry in this upcoming game. The loss of Malik Jackson, even though he hasn't been too productive this season, is a bit worrying. But like you mentioned, Hargrave coming alive gives me a bit more hope towards that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, Edmonds and Chase, or sorry, <laughs> Edmonds and Drake uh, have been splitting carries um, pretty much every week since, since, Ed, or since Drake had that injury. And, you know, obviously, like you said, Sanjay, Drake has not really popped off. He had that big game against Dallas, which is the, the horrendous Dallas run defense. And he had a good game against Buffalo, who has been pretty underwhelming the whole year in, in terms of defense as a whole. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about him. It's just that, you know, they, they don't – I don't know. It, we'll talk about the, the secondary in a bit. That's what has me a little bit worried. But, you know, outside of Drake and Edmonds, we were talking about this earlier, Sanjay, they have one running back who has, who has a carry this year. It's DJ Foster. He is on the practice squad right now, and he had one carry for two yards. So if Chase Edmonds can't go, they also have Jonathan Ward, who's their third running back who hasn't got a carry this year. He is limited this week. And then you have Eno Benjamin, who is a healthy scratch. So that could be a big impact on them because Edmonds is also really big in the receiving game as well. Um, they like to line him up as a receiver, throw some screens to him. Um, and and Drake's, that aspect of Drake's game has just not been utilized since he left Miami, which I don't know why. But that could definitely make an impact. So I'm, I'm a little less worried about this running game. I think we can shut them down. But here, here's something. Kyler, when Kyler runs eight times or more, they are six and one, and they average thirty-two points per game. This is from Arizona Cardinals. ArizonaCardinals.com. When he runs less than eight times, they are zero and five, and they average twenty-two points per game. So, how much they run him is going to be important. Like Nate said, we're going to need to contain the edge on that zone read because that's what they, they run a lot of. That it's a lot of inside zone. I was saying, Sanjay, and zone read or QB draw off of that. So, we need to have a spy on him. Um, we need to have that that edge contained, unlike when we played Daniel Jones, which is what Nate pointed out as well. It's going to be an important part of this game. So I think we can shut down the run. But going off that, I was mentioning the secondary because, like I said earlier, it's a spread offense. They're going to try to really – they want to see the field better. They're going to try to you know utilize their speed. They go four wide receivers the most of any team. They're going to try to attack us through the air first and foremost, right? And it's a very up-tempo offense. That does not bode well when your secondary is depleted as, as ours is. So I can kind of start on this one. The, the Eagles the Eagles are going to have to go, you know, a lot of 4-2-5. Um, that's one of the ways you can des- defend the spread offense. Obviously, four defensive linemen, two linebackers, and five DBs. They might have to go dollar formation and go six DBs – or, sorry, dime and go six DBs and then maybe even dollar um, at some point. But they're, they're really going to have to stack the, the, the field with a lot of defensive backs just because of the nature of this offense. They'll even go five wide sometimes. Not just not just spreading out five guys, but have five wideouts on the field. I, I think they've done that a few times this year. Um, Andy Isabella is a little banged up, so maybe they won't go uh, four wide as much as we think. But that's what they've done this whole year. Look, they're going to have to get aggressive at the line. I think they might just need a blitz because they're not going to have extra protection in there, right? It's going to be it's going to be five on five on four if we go four man rush. They might just have to blitz six and contain that edge and try to keep Kyler from getting outside of there. Do do some stunts on the interior because you're not going to be able to do stunts on the edge, which is what I was saying to Nate earlier too. Because um, you don't want a defensive tackle taking Kyler, but um, you know stuff off the edge like a nickel blitz, a corner blitz, stuff like that is what you're going to have to do. And obviously, you blitz six, you kind of limit the impact. Obviously, Kyler can scramble, but again, you're going to have to blitz six from the edge. You're not going to be able to just you know blitz six from anywhere you want, right? So you're going to have to be able to, to kind of contain him and just kind of make him get the ball out quickly to kind of limit the impact of the secondary. You're not going to be able to sit back and zone um, with this up-tempo offense all game long. You're probably going to have to go man a decent amount of time too just to get aggressive, which is not good because we don't have the corners right now to go man. So the best weapon, in my opinion, is just keep their offense off the field. Like that first drive, we didn't, we didn't control time of possession last week, but the first drive of the game – we chewed up eight minutes of the clock and that gave our defense rest and it set the tone for the rest of the game. Although the rest of our drives were kind of short. So that's a big thing to me. We could see Rudy Ford play on defense this game. I, I, you know, obviously he's one of my favorite players, but 
he hasn't played a defensive snap, but look, he's he's the fastest guy on that defense. The way to counter a spread offense is to have speed on that side of the ball. That's just what you have to do. It's the nature of the spread offense. I don't think we're going to see him, but you might see him out there at some point. Um, this was more, you know, if it depended on the injury report, we did get the injury report. Graylon Arnold will probably play. Michael Jacquet is back. Um, and so that's important. So that means we will, probably won't see Rudy Ford a ton. But, um, you know, you're still going to see a lot of these. This young secondary is really going to be tested this game. You're going to have Marcus Epps is going to be playing that single high roll we were talking about. And then Nate was saying, you know, Kayvon and Mills going to be those box safeties this one. Elijah Riley was just called from the practice squad. You're probably going to see him play on the field at some point. Um, Seymour and Jacket are going to share snaps. Slay, you know, we'll, it sounds like there's a lot of optimism. Sounds like he will probably play. So that's huge for us. We need him. Um, Jalen Mills is the big part. They're, they haven't revealed what they're going to do. But Jim Schwartz kind of hinted that we could see Jalen Mills move around a little bit. He might have to play corner at some point because, again, I like Jacket. I like Seymour. They're not fit to start in this type of game. They're just not. If they if one of them steps up, great. I'll be the happiest man alive. I'm a big Jacket fan, but Mills is an aggressive guy. He's going to get burnt, but he's probably your best shot on the outside right now compared to who you have. You're probably going to have to play him at some point. Roby Coleman's probably going to have to deal with fits in the slot. We'll see how that goes. This is kind of a splash offense you're going to have. They're usually going to be feeding one guy. You know That's why Kirk has been kind of up and down this year because it's one week they feed him, one week they kind of you know go to other guys. Um, but a big thing I noticed, I was watching a couple of videos and, and listening to a lot of podcasts, is um, everyone on that, that offense and in, in spread offense, they line up at the same exact spot every time. So you'll even A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, all these guys who are labeled as either an X, a slot, or you know whatever you want to call them, they spend time in every wide receiver position. They'll spend time at the left outside, the right outside, the left slot, the right slot. They'll spend time everywhere, right? DeAndre Hopkins has spent pretty much 99% of his snaps on the left outside. It's no secret. Um, and there are ways you can counteract that. Teams have just been pressing him at the line and then bringing linebacker help in the middle and safety help over the top. Now, obviously, that's a lot easier said than done, right? But they don't even look to his side even when he's getting cushioned half the time. They don't try to feed him the ball. I don't, I don't know why they don't feed him more. The announcers have been on, on the Cardinals for this a lot, but it's it's a big part of the game. I mean, when when DeAndre Hopkins gets nine or more targets, they're five and two. When he gets eight or less, they're two and four. So I don't know why they don't go after his matchups more. They've had plenty of matchup advantages that they just don't decide to attack. So if they don't decide to attack it, I mean, that's that's an advantage for us. But um, yeah, going back to what I was saying, though, you know, you're, you're going to have to find ways to – to really bottle these guys up. It's going to be tough with this type of secondary. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, again, you have, you're going to have Hopkins on left outside. You're going to have Christian Kirk on the right outside and then fits in the slot. It's going to be the same thing every time. And the route concepts can get very predictable. That is why their offense has slowed down in recent weeks. So that does give me some hope that, you know, we, ha we have kind of a game plan in place that we kind of know what they're going to be doing. And they, they know what they're going to be doing, too. The spread offense is kind of just you run 12 to 15 plays, and we're just going to execute you out of the game, right? But um, at the same time, you know, the injuries are really going to pile up. We're going to see this young, these young guys tested. So I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on what kind of what kind of outlook you have for for that side of the – or this this aspect of the, off, the Cardinals offense versus the Eagles defense. Jirasi, uh, you want to lead off for this one. Uh, you got all you. Uh, okay. All right. Well, for this one, dude, I got to say, I'm hopeful, but I'll say this. What you said about us having to go into man to bring pressure, that's, a, that's to me, having seen the Cardinals games, that's going to be basically giving them a big play. Like, I'll say this. For their utilization of DeAndre Hopkins, you're right. They don't go to him a lot. But I'll tell you every time Kyler will look his way is when DeAndre is in man. A lot of teams, like you said, play zone on him to the point where they just press him at the line and then they bring the linebacker to help over. But when Kyler sees it's just one-on-one -on -one matchup on the outside, he goes to DeAndre almost every single time, whether it's advisable or not. Like I've seen plenty of plays where DeAndre is in one-on-one -on -one coverage and the corner has great position and Kyler will still just throw that ball right off the line just because he has that much faith in Hopkins. So if we go man for pressure, I see that as, that'll, if anything, force more targets towards DeAndre. I don't know how I feel about that. 
If they can execute it well during the game, great. But I don't know if that's the way to go about it. And then yeah, you talk. I just wanted to say that's just that's just from what I've been reading up on spread offense and all that. That's the, like the only way you really can attack it. I know. But our so, point being, yeah, no. we don't have the personnel to do that. We most certainly do not. And even if Slay is out there on the field, man is like nicked up. Yes, yeah. I know, Nate. Nate currently bopping me up in fantasy by like 80 points. I'm pretty sure. Shout out to him. But <laughs> aside from that, I'll say this. You talked about the wide receivers for Arizona moving around our secondary having to move all over the field and match up on different sides. For me, that isn't too much of an issue just because like you mentioned, the spread is more set like amount of plays rather than emphasizing receivers. I'm not too worried about, like you mentioned their route concepts because you get used to that. It is really just about talent versus talent. I think that's where the biggest worry comes into play here. Cause obviously we're playing with like third stringers and they're playing with arguably a top five wide receiver core. Maybe, I don't know. We can, we can, we can debate that another time, but point being they got some good wide outs on that side of the ball. So it's just going to be a personnel mismatch. That's really all I can say from zone. I don't know how well the zone will even take effect though. Cause the thing about zone is it puts certain players in responsibilities for certain areas. And the thing about the spread offense is a lot of times guys end up in around the same vicinity and guys responsible for a zone will have to pick and choose. And there you're really just hoping Kyler either makes a bad throw or some receiver takes his route into the another person's zone so he can get picked up. So this secondary matchup is going to be an absolute nightmare. I'm not looking forward to that at all. Like you, I think the best defense is going to be time of possession. Do what we did in the Saints game where take like eight-minute drives, five-minute drives, six-minute drives, and then force them to keep going after you to convert their downs. And then hopefully get them off the field once or twice and build a little bit of a lead. So honestly, this I don't have much faith in the secondary to step up. I think if the D-line can make one or two plays, and this is what I'm hopeful for, which I will say is going to be a big factor in the game. Kyler is nicked up. Man has a shoulder injury from about four or five weeks ago. His ankle got rolled in the Giants game just this last week. So I'm hoping maybe mechanics will be a little bit down. His throwing motion might be a little bit down. Because if we can get a few bad throws from Kyler, I think we have a lot better chance in this game. But it really is going to be all on him. I'm almost 100% certain their wide receivers will cook our DBs in our secondary. So it really is just going to be how well Kyler executes the offense to me. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, And I think for me... It really revolves around Darius Slay, assuming that he's going to play, and it looks like he's going to, like we said earlier. Um, it really it looks to me like he's going to have to have a really good day against DeAndre Hopkins in order for us to be able to kind of protect the rest of the secondary as far as like these individual these individual players go. I mean, throwing some more zone in there than Jim Schwartz generally does. Um, and I think the best way to help out an inexperienced or young uh, defensive back by getting him support by playing zone. Now, does that mean that for a lot of the game, DeAndre Hawkins is is one-on-one with Darius Slay? I don't know. Uh, You're going to have to essentially pick and choose who you want to help out. Do you want to help out Darius Slay or DeAndre Hopkins? Um, Or do you want to help out, uh, you know, a young corner going up against a lot of speed uh, with this wide receiver court? You know, do you want to help out a a Michael Jaquette? Or do you want, you know, it's just – Pick your poison, essentially, is what I, I kind of hear you saying, and I'm green. I mean, look, it's going to be difficult for them to get um, to get pressure with, you know, a, a four-man just straight rush. Uh, that's, just the, that's just the way the NFL works. These offensive lines are good. Um, so to bring no pressure is, is difficult. Uh, if, you, if you sit back, you know, they'll be able to pick you apart. But at the same time, um, you know, you, you have this, you have all these young guys and these inexperienced guys who really can't, aren't going to be able to play man covers that well. Um, so to your point, Sanjay, the best defense uh, in this game is really just going to be having your offense stay on the field. Um, and the Philadelphia Eagles are not a team uh, that is meant to play from behind. They're not. They are only going to win games if they are playing for, you know, playing with a lead. If they get off, if they get you know, off to a, a fast start. And that's been a lot of their issues so far this year. They've had really bad first quarters. 
Um, they've really struggled to score in the first half. So that's why, you know, right now they, they're they looking like, you know, uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. But with that said, um, they executed almost perfectly against the Saints, and they're going to have to do that again. Um, they're going to have to find a way to, you know, even with a lot of these guys in the secondary going down, you know, it wasn't the whole game uh, last week that they, they had to deal with that. But, you know, they have, to, they have to find a way to, you know, have these young guys out there and also still get pressure on the quarterback so they're not getting picked apart. Because, you know, Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. That's, you know, that's just the truth. He's a better passer. Um, so it's going to be difficult. The Eagles are going to have to defend a lot. I mean, Kyler Murray running is going to open things up. They have to try to contain him. They still have to try to get pressure. They have to try to protect these defensive backs who are young. They have to try to get Darius Slay help. Uh, all of it seems a little bit too difficult to do so you're gonna have to get out to an early lead yeah and I, I think another thing too is that considering all this that we've already mentioned they use their tight ends a lot in the red zone too like they have guys who aren't even on the roster anymore who have scored touchdowns as tight ends so they're gonna use them in the middle of the field in the red zone dan arnold has like four touchdowns in the past few weeks he's been heating up Filthy um, catch in the back see, of the end zone last week. Yeah, you'll see Max Williams even get involved at times. Not very often, but they are also third in 12 personnel packages this year as well. So, or 12 personnel sets, sorry. So it's either going to be spread them out or you're going to have these these tight ends in the field. I will say when they do go 12 personnel, it's usually a run play. So keep an eye out for that. Obviously in the red zone, you're going to be a little more you know worried about the pass, but they will, you know, when they get the tight ends on the field, obviously you're going to run the ball more, but they do run the, it's almost like definitively, we're going to run the ball if we got 12, if we got our two tight ends on the field. So um, I thought I would mention that as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like we covered the Cardinals offense pretty well. The offensive line, again, you're not really going to see much of an impact just because of Kyler and all that, unless we, you know, like we've all mentioned, try to overload, you know, six man blitz, stuff like that. Um, so with that said, I, I think it'd be good to move on to the Eagles offense versus the, the Cardinals defense in this one. Um, but first, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you guys think Jake Elliott can bounce back? He kind of props to him. The man did take – he took all the heat. He did a press conference this week. That's not easy to do as a kicker. He understands that he's been awful. Um, that being said, that doesn't fix the problem, and I don't think he's going to be able to get back to what he used to be. I think he's I think he's really lost it. I think he's lost his touch, and that's the thing. Like, when we're in these fourth fourth down situations, like it's like you can't even trust your kicker at this point. You might as well go for it. So I'm interested to hear, do you guys think Jake Elliott is done? Do you guys think he can maybe, you know, bounce back these past few games? Because personally, I've just been frustrated. It's been ever since the contract extension. Literally, the, the week he got his contract extension, he started missing field goals at a higher rate. So that's what's been really bugging me. Nope. I can lead off for this one, basically, for me. I have hope that he can because you see the talent. We've already seen it, especially in his rookie year. The man was a hero in the city, like just pulling off kick after kick. But I just don't know. The fact he took responsibility makes me feel a little bit better. But when you're in a slump kicking, now, I don't even watch baseball like that. Y'all know that. <laughs> but I've often heard the metaphor of like when a pitcher is in a slump, it's hard to break out of. And that's a similar like effect for kicking. Basically, you're a specialist. You're out there. Obviously, there are other guys blocking for you. You have the holder and all that, the long snapper. But when you're kicking, you're basically a specialist. You're out there by yourself. You got a job to do, and you got to execute. So when you get in a slump like that, it gets in your head. And when you're the only one, you know all the heat for one play is on you. And you know you're in a slump. And I think he recognizes that that's what this is for him. This is a pretty big slump now that it gets in your head, and it takes a serious kind of mental strength to like break out of that maybe like some different tradition or whatever, like, but he's got, I think this is mostly going to mess with his head. And I think that's why you see the sudden de like decline. And the fact that it's messing with his head this much makes me like you a lot more pessimistic that he'll be able to get back to what he was. I can hope he'll develop a little bit more consistency because we don't need him to be like Adam Vinatieri or nothing, but like he's got to make those, 30 those 35 those 40 yard chip shots that like well they're not chip shots but you get what i mean those reliable if you're an nfl kicker you make these field goals like 70 to 80 percent of the time we need him to at least be that to be able to use him dependably and especially with an offense like ours we're in the red zone you might see us get stalled out by the fact 
that we don't have the fastest receiving core and our O-line isn't exactly the best. You need a kicker who can get you some points in those situations where we get stalled in the red zone. So I'm just hoping he gets some more. I'm not hoping for him to get all the way back to rookie year form, but you know, I hope for a little bit more consistency back. Yeah, I, I think that he'll bounce back um, eventually. And um, that's the issue. You, like Sanjay said, you just don't know how long the slump is going to last. Again, it's part of it that's mental. Um, I'm not sure if it's it's mechanics. Uh, you know, I haven't looked into it enough to know that. Uh, but at least he's not Cody Parkey. Uh, I mean, if anybody, you know, if any of our viewers watched the Browns uh, the other night, oh my goodness, that was <laughs> awful. Um, but yeah, at least he's not Cody Parkey. And I have faith that Jake Elliott will kind of hit his stride again. Uh, the thing is, he needs to hit it sooner rather than later in order for the Eagles to make the playoffs. I uh, can't keep costing us can't keep costing his points in, you know, close scoring games against difficult teams like the Saints or Cardinals. So he's going to have, have to step up if we want to make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. So, Sanjay, you kind of touched on it a little bit with the O-line holding up. So, um, before we talk about Jalen Hurts, I think it's important that we talk about this O-line because this defense is pretty saucy. Um, and I'll lead off with this one again. Um Look, you never know where Vance Jeff is, is going to bring pressure from. You just don't. There's going to be stunts. There's going to be blitzes. There's going to be twists. There'll be all of it. I mean, he's going to go man coverage all around. And it doesn't matter. They don't have they don't have great a great secondary. They don't. It's Buda Baker pretty much. Pat Peterson's had some good games here and there. He's not what he used to be. Um, you know, you have uh, who else have we got? Um, Drake Kirkpatrick on one side, who's pretty awful. But again, when you have a good D line like that, it can or not D line, good pass rush like that, it can limit that. Um, and, and, you know, you have Byron Murphy in the slot. He's okay. I mean, he's not anything crazy, but they want to get you in third and long. They want to make you uncomfortable on first and second down. So it's going to be important for this Eagles team to establish the run because if they sit back and try to, you know, you try to air it out a little bit on first and second down and, you know, Hurts gets sacked one time or gets dragged down because it's not going to be Cam, like I said earlier in the pod, it's not going to be Cam Jordan chasing him this time. They're going to bring safeties down to the box on the outside. They're going to bring them into the A-gaps. They're going to bring corners down, blitz them out of the slot. They're going to blitz pretty much everyone on that team. It's it's a positionless defense, I would say. You have Isaiah Simmons who can play all over. He's starting to come into his own. He could possibly spy Jalen Hurts. Uh, Devondre Campbell, he played about everywhere in, in uh, Atlanta, and he's done the same thing with Arizona. Buda Baker, he'll come down to the box. He'll do a lot on that defense too. Um, they are without Jalen Thompson, the one safety, but still they're just very versatile and that helps them so much because that's just how they like like Hassan Reddick. He was like a positionless type of guy. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to do what he did last week and get five sacks. I don't think, but, um, cause he hasn't been, he hasn't done that on the season. Also a lot of the stats came from him stunting inside, which with Jalen hurts, I don't expect them to do that. Same thing I mentioned with Kyler Murray. You do not want someone on the interior chasing a mobile quarterback outside the pocket. Right. So I don't think, I don't think Hassan Reddick is going to have as big of an impact as he did last week. Um, but, Listen, they have the fifth highest blitz rate in the league, fifth highest pressure rate, you know, eighth highest hurry rate, tenth highest knockdown percentage, and the sixth most sack. So the numbers speak for themselves. The run defense, though, is not very strong. So again, if we can get we can get that ground game going on first and second down and possibly set that up, I think we could have a chance and maybe limit the impact of them. And also, you know, those screens out wide. If you're gonna put that many guys in the box, I mean the Saints did it too. The Saints put a, a lot of guys in the box. Eagles ran it, you know, they went, they spread them out. They ran a screen to Jalen Rager. They, they motioned him over. It was trips on the right side. And he got a seven-yard gain off of it because all those guys have to come. They It was a disguised blitz. They all bailed out, but they all had to bail out and go to that side of the field. It was the, the field side. So, you know, obviously that's a little harder to chase, chase a guy like Jalen Rager down all the way across the field, even if you have defensive backs. So screen passes like that I think will work. But I think that's going to be how they're going to have to attack it again and just limit the impact of this O-line and get the ball out quickly because you just can't they're going to try to contain him in the pocket. They contained Josh Allen and, you know, they, um, they did pretty well. They got the, uh, they got two interceptions off of him. Um, you know, that was the Hail Murray game. They did give up a lot of points, but they still forced him in a couple bad decisions. They had Russ had three interceptions and two fumbles and his two games against them this year. The first game he played against them, he was awful. He had no idea how to handle that blitz because he didn't know where it was coming at the time. And that's another thing with our O-line. They do not handle stunts very well. They do not handle delayed blitzes very well. Miles hasn't been as good in pass protection as I would have hoped this year either, so I'm concerned about that. Um, and also, he's not on the field pass protection as well. But 
yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be, again, just get the ball out of his hands quickly. It's going to be Doug being smart with it. Can they, can this game plan with Hertz continue into this week? Will they let him air it out a little bit more? Um, it really just depends on what Doug com, comes out and does. I think Doug's going to have a, a good game plan to limit the impact of that O-line and just, just try to get Jalen comfortable once again. Um, so I, I think they can definitely handle it. They're not going to be able to run zone read every play because, again, it's not going to be it's going to be a safety on the outside um, trying to contain that edge with Jalen Hurts. Right. And that you can be a little bit more aggressive if you have the same speed as Jalen Hurts or you're faster. So, um, yeah, you can still run some design QB runs, QB power, stuff like that. You can still do that and try to get Jordan Mylata out in space because he's just going to absolutely destroy people because he's just that big and that strong. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to come down to, again, what the game plan looks like. I'd like to see them let him air it out a little bit more but I don't want to see him standing in the pocket too long. Right. So, so that's my, my opinion. I think the O-line, their impact will be limited just to sum up everything I was saying, just because of how powerful this, this, these blitz packages are going to be. So um, I'll be right back. Let me know your guys thoughts on it too. I got you. I'll lead off for this one, Nate, for this one. I got to say the Cardinals defensive line. I don't think talent wise is that amazing. I think it is like Hunter was bringing up a lot more Vance Joseph. You see some of the looks this man puts out there. It's he really does seem like I say this sometimes when I'm like commentating on guys just playing crazy stuff in the game. He looks like a dude playing Madden, just like in real life, like just calling absolutely outrageous stunts, disguised coverages, blitzes that are just beyond reckless to the point of, I guess they say when you're crazy enough, you're a genius. Like that's sometimes what I think of when I look and I watch Vance Joseph play call for that defense. Like he's just absolutely he's on a tear sometimes but that same way if you can figure out that kind of crazy what he's doing like i said some of those blitzes leave people open he sometimes brings the whole house and he doesn't leave a lot of coverage in the back end sometimes that's how they get a lot of those pressures those hurries those knockdowns when people don't bring up those that sometimes that also gets them burned in a big way you get a guy on the slot maybe you look for them to maybe bring all that heat and especially we got guys with speed now, you know, you get Rager in the slot, give him a quick little motion to just test what the coverage is. Then you get him out to the slot and you just let him go. If he calls that full rush out blitz, just get him that ball in space and let him do something. And I'm a lot more confident for that this week, especially thanks to how Doug looked last week play calling. Not so much looking for the quarterback to do everything, not so much looking for the O-line to hold too much. Looking for playmakers to get the ball in space and then make stuff happen. So for me, I don't think it's a question of will the O-line hold up because I think Doug's play calling last week and I think what he'll do this week will mostly minimize the effect of the O-line. I think he's going to take it out of Hertz's and I think he's going to take it out of the O-line's hands. I think he's going to put it in the hands of his playmakers like Miles. I think he's going to let Jalen again. I'm really thinking Jalen's going to have a great back end to the season if Doug's going to play call like that because getting Jalen in space from all the film I've seen on him is the secret to his success giving him like enough room to where he can accelerate, make a move or two, make a guy miss. That's yeah. his bread and butter of his game. Hopefully we see, look- we see that reverse again this week. That was the triple option. That was pretty, pretty saucy. <laughs> that was pretty saucy. And then, you know, you got guys like Dallas Goddard, who you can get the ball. He doesn't even need space, man. We'll just put a guy on the ground and just keep going. Dudes like Alshon getting back to their contested catch itself. Like, overall, I don't think – the O-line is going to have to hold up. I don't think it can. I'm going to be honest. I just think Vance Joseph gets too creative with his play calling, but I think Doug's play calling will kind of minimize the effect of the O and defensive lines as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you guys. The best thing to do for an offensive line that's struggling in pass is don't make them pass block. Either you get it out on three step drops, some, some quick route combinations, or you run the ball a lot. And I think, you know, that's that's part of the reason that the Eagles have started playing better now that Jalen Hurts is playing, just because of his skill set. Um, I, I know that Carson Wentz is a mobile quarterback, um, but he's not as much a pure runner as Jalen Hurts is. And so Jalen Hurts' ability to run, uh, number one, he's not standing back there waiting to get sacked as long. Um, and number two, it opens up everything else. You know, it, Miles, Miles said, hey, you know, his ability to run really opened things up for me. Um, so I think that the Eagles will have to, to focus on feeding Miles Sanders, number one, um, letting Jalen Hurts run, number two, and number three, getting the ball out quick, playing almost a, a, a sort of um, 
a Pittsburgh Steelers passing game where you're not holding on to the ball really for for a long time. And look, the truth is, if you're just gonna if you're just gonna you know drop back five you know five step drop back, then wait and then wait and then wait and try to see if something gets open downfield. If you're using all these vertical route combinations that the Eagles have you know used earlier in the season, um, these long developing plays, it's not gonna work. Uh, Jalen Hurts is in for a long day. If that's the case, they need to do what they did in the Saints game. They need to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, and they need to, to utilize his ability to run. And that'll open things up. And that way, you know, the offensive line doesn't have to be a liability because you're not emphasizing their, you know, their inability or rather inability um, to to hold their blocks. So, yeah, they, they kind of just have to avoid making the offensive line uh, pass protect for more than three seconds. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And you guys both touched on it too. Um, the Eagles' weapons, obviously, you know, when we when we do drop back, um, we're gonna have to hit on these short routes and everything. What do you guys think? I, like I mentioned, the Cardinals are pretty much gonna go man coverage. I would say almost almost every down. Um, so that's something that you know, even with that short game um, that we've all we all kind of touched on, we agree we, he's got to get the ball out quick, like last week. Um, yeah, obviously our receivers, we've talked about in the chat, they've struggled to win at the line this year. Um, you know, obviously Alshon takes about three days to get open, as the one announcer said a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm hoping that they can do a lot of the, you know, mesh concepts, pick routes, you know, bunch formation, kind of stuff like they did last week just to create a little bit of traffic. But at the same time, you also kind of need to spread them out a little bit to see what they're doing and and maybe run some of those screen passes. So um, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, Nate, you can, you can go on this one first. What do you think uh, – what do you expect from the Eagles wideouts and, and tight ends this week? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to utilize guys, um, you know, rather than Travis Fulgham and all Sean Jeffrey, you're going to have to focus a little bit more on Greg Ward and Jalen Rager. Um, and I know that Jalen Rager has had issue uh, getting, you know, separation at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and that's obviously a concerning thing. Um, but Sanjay, to your point, he's really successful when you can design plays that get him in open space, um, you know, catch and run type of, type of plays instead of just sending him deep on every play. Um, you know, you're going to have to utilize that that quick burst that he has. and You're going to have to utilize that playmaking ability in open space. Uh, same thing, you know, Greg Ward, he is a great possession receiver. He can get open quickly and you can, he's the type of guy, you know, three-step drop, boom, get the ball out, get it to Greg Ward. He's open. Um, and so, again, yeah, quick route combination some rubs, uh, stuff like that, you're going to have to kind of change your passing game a little bit because you can't wait five seconds for, you know, all Sean Jeffrey to get open, or you can't wait five seconds for Travis Fulton to do a, uh, you know, uh, a route, you know, a route that takes forever to develop, whether it's a, a fly or a post or something like that. You're going to need these quick routes and, you know, Galen Ryder, you're going to put him in a better position like you did last week. Um, where, you know, you got him into open space, you gave him some design screens that worked well. That's what they're going to have to do. Um, because otherwise, if they're just if they're just going to have Jalen Hurts drop back and wait for somebody to get open uh, long down the field, it's not going to work. He's going to get hit and he's going to get sacked a lot. Uh, and you're, you might see some turnovers too. So you're going to have to use these wide receivers and tight ends uh, to get open quickly, um, whether it's, you know, and Dallas Scott and Zach Ertz too. Uh, Zach Ertz tends to be a guy who, you know, he just finds the holes in the zone. Um, and even then, he's just a great route runner. Send him on some short routes, get him open. I mean, he, he's one of the best out route runners as for tight ends in the entire league. Um, so, you know, utilize these guys' skills in the short passing game to get them open, play a possession game, hold on to the ball so that your, your defense you know, doesn't have to be on the field the whole game against Kyler Murray and this explosive wide receiver core with DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to have to look at the short game with these wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, so with that, uh, Sanjay, what do you think, man? I got you. For me, it starts – it really – I hate to say this and put all the pressure on him, but it's really got to start and end with Jalen this week. Like, no offense to all the rest of the guys we have. I guess Goddard can take a little bit of the pressure off him, but at the end, as a tight end, there's always so much you can do receiving. Eventually, you need a wide out to just step up and get the job done in the receiving game. And I think Jalen has got to do it this week. No offense to Greg Ward, but we all know what he is. He's a great second fiddle. He's a great second punch. He can help you convert those tough-to-convert third downs, come in with clutch catches, sure hands, get open fast. 
But Jalen provides that threat of those big plays. He gives you that quick, that quickness that you need to, if you can get him off the line to beat man coverage. That is the key again for him getting off the line. Because once, if we can get him off the line clean, no offense to that Cardinal secondary, but there aren't a lot of guys who can run with him. So with that being said, I think there is hope. I think it has a lot to do with how Doug will play call this week. I swear if he just returns to his old play calling from before Jalen Hurts went back into the game, I'm going to be terribly upset because that just won't work this week. But if Doug can play call our playmakers into space, if he can give them their chances, play to their strengths. Like you said, Alshon takes a long time to get open. But if you can do a rollout, you can just let him post up on a smaller corner, throw that kind of ball, that plays to his strengths. You can give Goddard a throw down the seam. He can just chuck some guys and just go downfield. That plays to his strengths. You can give Rager the ball on a sweep, triple reverse, like you said. Like, that's his strength. Doug's got to play to these guys' strengths for them to succeed this week. Because once again, that the way Joseph disguises coverage at the line is going to be nightmare for, like, either hurts as a quarterback to like diagnose at the line or as receivers to react to. Cause you got to keep in mind, sometimes receivers are looking at a guy lined up across from them. And then that dude isn't even playing on them throughout the scheme. So like, I don't know. It depends a lot to me on Doug's play calling. I think there is hope, but it all again comes back to that play calling. Yeah, I would agree with you guys. I, I don't, I would be shocked if Doug went back to his old play calling this week specifically. He'd be an idiot to run three and four verts against this Cardinals team. That's just not going to happen. Um, so I do have hope for him. If he does do that, I mean, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. I'm just going to say that up front. But, um, and he doesn't deserve to stay if he calls if he calls three and four verts this week. So, um, yeah, I, I think it really does come down to Jalen Rager. This Cardinals team is actually one of the best at defending tight ends in the league. Actually better than the Saints were. We played the Saints last week. That was a big story. Um, that I wrote about coming into the week, they're they're actually a lot better um, against tight ends than the Saints are. So, and I also they're better in the red zone against tight ends too. They've only allowed like three touchdowns to tight ends, which is top of the league, and only like 500 total yards. I think which is also top of the league. So yeah, it's going to be big for for Goddard and Ertz to to get you know get get that quick separation underneath and just you know be able to you know attack zone coverage when it's there. And, you know, hopefully a lot of those, you know, those crossing routes and stuff like that just to create, you know, a little bit of traffic, you know, that you see the offenses do to us all the time. Um, and I talk about it pretty much every podcast, but it's true. I mean, that's really what's going to have to be. Yeah, I think with Rager, I mean, you saw him on that screen pass last week in week two against the Rams. He ran it. He had, it was like a very similar screen pass. It was trips to one side. They didn't motion him that time, but. He, he got the screen pass and he ran inside towards the pursuit of the defenders, which, you know, I guess he was assuming it was either a tunnel or a jailbreak screen. This time, last week, he got the ball. He ran it outside instead, which is where the play is designed to go to. So good job by him. Looks like he's learning on the screen passes more. If they can do that with him, that'll really help. The reverses, that's going to be really important. End around, stuff like that. He was so good at the end around in college. I mean, that was such a big part of his game. And they just they've utilized it like twice this whole year. Um, and last week it was a great design because I, I mentioned it briefly while Sunjay was going, but um, it was a triple option. So they had a fake handoff. They also had the option to pitch it to um, to Greg Ward going to the right. And then um, instead they had Rager come back across the formation and they pitched it to him and he went for a really nice gain there. Um, and obviously that drag route, um, you know, there's obviously, even though like people will say it was rep ball, like there is debate to whether it was or not, but he's still, he would have had a huge game regardless because there was a lot of, a lot of, bodies in the middle of that um it was a, just a simple mesh concept too it was, it was stuff that we should have been running um a long time ago but uh yeah I, I think it really does come down to Jalen Rager I don't think they're going to have him win off the line as much I think they're going to try to have him line up in line to, like near the formation in the slot get that off coverage a little bit since he's not going to be on the line of scrimmage so I, I think that could really benefit him down the stretch here so I, I really do think it comes down to him but I also think Greg Ward could have his big part in it him and Jalen Hurts have a really good rapport um, they really seem like they have a good connection. Obviously, Ward was the quarterback at Houston. Um, they were both college quarterbacks, and Jalen Hurts is from Houston, so he has some familiarity with who Ward is, and that's kind of how that connected, I think. But, yeah, I think they'll have a good connection. Ward just always knows – he knows how to – even though he's not speedy, he knows how to get opening and convert, like you said, Sanjay. So, he's going to be big for them. I, I think our I think we can really do well. It, this secondary is not very good for the Cardinals, like I mentioned. So, if we have some time to pick them apart, we're going to have a nice game, I think. Even though they go man coverage – 
they're they're not really able to hang with a lot of nice receivers. So um, obviously we don't have a lot of nice receivers, but Rager can really be a big part of that. So with that said, let's just wrap up here. Um, keys to the game, and then after that we'll do score and uh, play the game. But, uh, Sanjay, why don't you go first? Nate, you can follow him up, and then I'll finish this one off, and then we'll head over to our score prediction. All right, keys to the game. Got to start. I know I'm going to take I'm gonna take this away first from both of you guys. Time of possession battle. Need that. Yeah, that's my thing every week, man. Need that this week so much. We can't let that offense be on the field for any more time than necessary. Need to control the clock. Commit to run the ball. Please just commit to run the ball. I say that every week, and I know Doug just won't do it. It doesn't matter that Miles is getting 100-yard games on 14 carries consistently because, you know, what other back do you know is doing that? He just won't commit to run the ball. So I'll say it even though I know it's not going to happen. And then for Hertz, it's going to be making the reads. I'm really hoping that he'll be able to make – I think it's going to be a nightmare for him having to read Vance Joseph's defense. But I want to see a bit more passing element out of him. I don't need him to like sit back and be a pocket passer. But I want to see how he reads this complicated defensive coverage. So my three keys, I'm going to go with time possession, run the ball, and Hertz reading the defense, even though I know – that the run the ball thing probably is not going to happen. Yeah, for me, the first thing I'm going to have to look at is the defensive line. They're going to have to have a big game. Uh, they're going to have to get pressure. They're going to have to disrupt Kyler Murray. They're going to have to get some sacks and hopefully some turnover too. Um, pretty similar to, to how they played last week against the Saints. Uh, my second one is that they're going to have to get the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands quickly. Um, because we were talking about the wide receivers and tight ends, um, but quick developing routes, quick developing concepts, um, and get the ball out of hands quick so you don't have to deal with the defensive line of the Cardinals. So those are my two biggest keys of the game. All right, well, one of my big keys of the game is kind of be similar to yours, Nate. Um, they got to get pressure on Kyler Murray. Um, like you said, essentially, he's a little bit banged up. Just, you know, make sure you clog up the middle and force him to the outside and have someone who can contain the edge out there. Maybe force him to his non-throwing side and just, just get him to the sideline. I mean, that's what they did with Russell Wilson last year, and it worked really well. You know, obviously, I think Kyler's definitely more athletic than Russell. But, again, he's a little bit banged up. Try to force him, you know, call, dial up some disguised blitzes, confuse him at the line just as much as Jalen Hurts is going to be confused in this game. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, key number two, just read and react to this this defense. You're going to – you're gonna what you see pre-snap, you're not going to see post-snap. You know, a lot of time they say, look at what you see pre-snap, confirm it post-snap, right, or, you know, react to whether it's disguised and they drop back into a different coverage, right? It's not going to be able to do that. So just play smart. Don't force anything. Um, you know, just kind of like last week. I mean, like you guys said – just get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, that's going to be a big part of this game for me. And, yeah, other than that, trying to think, uh, I guess just kind of like uh, what you guys were saying with um, with the defense as well, um, with the turnover battle too, that's going to be a big part. But also, Sanjay, like you said, you know, time possession is going to be massive in this game. So keep them off field, give them rest, and then when they come back on the field, make sure that if Kyler does make a bad decision, you take advantage of it and you make these receivers uncomfortable um, in an offense where they are very comfortable going up tempo and in the same alignment a lot of the time. So those are my big keys to the game. And scoring player of the game, I'll just start since I'm talking right now. I'll go I, – I, if I pick the Eagles to win, I know they're going to lose. So I'm going to go with the same as last week. I'm going to go with a big Cardinals win. I'll say I'll say 31-10 to 10 Cardinals and my player of the game um, – I, I still want to pick an Eagle for player of the game. <laughs> you know, I have them losing. So um, – I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Goddard. I think he's really developing for our eyes, and I think just having Ertz back right now and you know more of his full-time role will open up more for Goddard, hopefully. I got you. I'll go second for this one. Got to say, I think it's going to be a scoring game, unfortunately, just because I can't see the Cardinals' offense getting stemmed too much by our defense. I'm going to say – I don't know how many points Jalen Hurts can put up, so I'm going to say – I'm going to say 24 to 20. The birds. I'll say the player of the game will be Jalen Rager. All right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I, I just think the Cardinals will win too, just because our secondary is so banged up. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with 31 
to 20. 31 to 24, Cardinals win. Um, and player of the game for the Birds. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. I think he has a good game. Um, but I think player of the game overall is going to be Kyler Murray. I think he just has success against this banged up secondary. All right. Well, awesome pod, guys. I enjoyed doing this one. It was very, uh, we got to go very in depth on this matchup. And I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be, you know, obviously this is going to kind of decide the fate of our season um, because, you know, obviously I don't think Washington's going to lose to Carolina next week. You know, they could, but at the same time, they've been playing real well. I don't want to rely upon them to lose to Carolina. So this is really, I mean, our season's, I mean, our season was in the balance last week, but I think all of us kind of gave up on the season, <laughs> if we're being honest. And then, you know, obviously they, they won, um, and we're all, we're all kind of reeled back in because Jalen Hurts has just kind of provided a spark. So I'm excited. Thank you for everyone for watching this stream too. We don't really pull comments up on these types of streams just because we kind of just want to give you guys the preview. Um, but we'll have some Q&A stuff soon as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you guys know where to come for your Eagles preview. We know a lot of you guys join in to watch us, whether we have a guest or whether it's just us three. You, you guys know you're going to get probably one of the best Eagles previews out there. So maybe not inside the birds caliber, but, you know, it's right up there with them. So thank you guys for all the support. We really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to this Sunday. I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch regardless of what happens. So uh, anything you guys want to say before we sign off? As always, thank you guys for tuning in. God bless you all. Like, comment, subscribe, you know, all that. And yeah, again, thanks. And also, as we're getting into these holiday seasons, next Friday, I don't know if we'll have the preview up before Christmas. Don't know how that's going to work. But if we don't, then a Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for tuning in uh, to our, our Birds preview. Uh, and go Birds. Hopefully we can uh, ride that Jalen Hurts train to another win, maybe even to the playoffs. We shall see. All right. Run, booby, run. Flag goes fly. And we will see you guys.